And we're back. How's it going, everybody? I am Colin Mansfield, and you're listening to Season 2 of the Boise Coffee Podcast. I'm super excited to be bringing this podcast to y'all. I decided to take the holidays off, um, but I'm ready to get back into it. So I'm going to start off Season 2 by bringing you two episodes, both of which, it's a part one and a part two, both of which are centered around the history of coffee. I thought that this was important, and it's something that I haven't talked about on the podcast yet, but when you actually research and look at where coffee has come from, how it has spread, and why it's as big as it is today, I think you gain a whole new level of appreciation for it. So we're going to start this episode by talking about the 9th century through the 17th century of coffee. And then next episode, I'm going to take us from the 17th century to the 19th century. And that gets us almost to modern day. And then from there, uh, you can go back and listen to my Coffee Waves uh, podcast, which was, I think, episode two of season one, where I talked about the three waves of specialty coffee that goes um, really into the 20th century and then all up until modern day. But this is going to give you some of the more classic history about why coffee was grown and where it came from and how it spread to where it is today. Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions, so they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You can't get cherry soda, cause they've got to sell their quota, and the way things are, I guess they never will. They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil. Okay, so as with any historical narrative, the stories surrounding coffee range from completely apocryphal to mostly true. But regardless, we know that the outward spread of coffee happened and that it was as much due to the slow globalization of culture as it was to luck and a few key historical figures. But the initial discovery of coffee is steeped in legend. We know that the coffee plant has its origins in the Ethiopian plateau, Uh, Because to this day, the coffee trees in Ethiopia are uh, the most ancient in the world. And actually, arguably, they produce some of the most delicious beans you can find. The higher altitude in Ethiopia compared to the rest of Africa uh, produces coffee that, when it's lightly roasted, it's super fruity and extremely bright. I love Ethiopian coffee. So legend says that coffee was first discovered by an Ethiopian goat herder named Kaldi. Kaldi noticed that when his goats ate the fruit off of specific plants, they got jittery and excitable, so he tried some out for himself. He became so energetic that he couldn't sleep, and this excitement that he experienced prompted him to report his findings to the abbot of his town's monastery. Now, This monk, as it turns out, was having his own troubles with sleep. He couldn't seem to stay awake for the long evening prayers. This red fruit gave him enough energy to stay vigilant, so he decided to share his newfound miracle fruit with the other monks. And slowly, knowledge about this this energy-inducing cherry spread east, and eventually it reached the Arabian Peninsula. Coffee history picks back up in the 15th century in Yemen. This country was a primary importer of beans from Ethiopia. Yemeni traders began growing their own crops, and they were the first to actively cultivate the plant mainly for use in their Sufi monasteries. The Sufi monks experienced a kind of intoxication, as they described it, during their godly chants, and they used uh, a beverage made from coffee beans as a way to stay concentrated both day and night. This was the first real use of coffee as a beverage. Coffee continued to spread throughout the Arabian Peninsula, becoming popular in both remote villages and big cities. 
the Yemeni port in Mocha was the primary export location for coffee. And by the early 1500s, cities like Mecca, Medina, Cairo, and Baghdad became importers as the demand for coffee grew. This wine of Araby, as people called it, was brewed in coffee houses that attracted people from all walks of life to participate in conversations about politics and culture. And this prompted coffee houses to start being called schools of the wise. So now I'd like to talk a little bit about how coffee made its way to Europe. And really, it started as a legend. Uh, Travelers to the Near East brought back tales of an unusual dark beverage. But by the 17th century, coffee was extremely popular in Europe. But unfortunately, not everyone trusted it. So around the year 1600, uh, Venice actually experienced immense conflict surrounding coffee. Uh, The local clergymen there treated the drink with suspicion and fear, and they went as far as to call it the bitter invention of Satan. So one of the bases for this Venetian conflict was because the coffee was super popular with Muslims at the time. Um, It was seen by the Catholics as sort of an antithesis to wine, which was a staple in, of course, the Catholic Eucharist, both then and now. And because of that, they were pretty much against anybody within the church drinking coffee. Now, this controversy continued to grow in Venice, eventually prompting appeals to ban the drink. And finally, the Pope himself was asked to intervene and decide once and for all if coffee was allowed or if it was an evil to be avoided. So legend says that upon tasting it, Pope Clement VIII exclaimed, This devil's drink is so delicious, we should cheat the devil by baptizing it. And of course, because of this, the controversy dissolved and the spread of coffee through Europe continued at breakneck pace. Now, until 1616, coffee was essentially a monopoly, and it was run by the country of Yemen. Merchants in Mocha, which is the primary port that exported coffee, were forbidden to export live coffee trees or coffee seeds that were viable for planting. So because of this, demand for coffee across the world just couldn't meet the bottlenecked Yemeni supply. But that all changed, and it's because of the Dutch, or more specifically, a Dutch merchant named Peter Vanderbroek. He actually stole some closely guarded coffee beans from Mocha and smuggled them back to Holland, and he planted them in greenhouses in Amsterdam, in the Amsterdam Botanical Gardens. And they were closely monitored, and they bore the first European-produced coffee fruit. Now, this one event received little press, didn't get any publicity, but it ended up having a major impact on the spread of coffee to the world. Now, these coffee trees that were planted in the Amsterdam Botanical Gardens adjusted really well to their new home, and they ended up producing a ton of Kaffee Arabica plants. In 1658, which was nearly 40 years after Vanderbroek's coffee heist, the Dutch transported some coffee plants from Amsterdam to begin cultivation in settlements in Ceylon, which is present-day Sri Lanka, and later in southern India. Now, within only a few years, these Dutch colonies, Sri Lanka, India, and actually Java as well in Asia, became the main suppliers of coffee to Europe. This one Dutch guy, Vanderbroek, broke the Yemeni monopoly on coffee. So we talked earlier about coffee houses in the Near East, but this idea of a place to consume coffee with people and talk about big ideas was not by any means limited to one area of the world. European consumers picked up on this idea, and they loved it as a way to bring people together from different backgrounds and talk about business or politics. So cities in England, Holland, Germany, Austria, France, these were all epicenters for coffee houses. In England, you could actually go into a coffee house, you'd pay one penny, and you'd be able to get a coffee drink, participate in discussion. So because of this, all throughout England, 
coffee houses became known as penny universities. We've talked about how coffee is spread from Ethiopia into most of the Near East and then eventually to Europe. And it was because of individuals, it was because of some governments, it was because of the Pope. There were a lot of players here and a lot of actors. But I want to bring to light one more thing uh, before we wrap up this, this part one of the history of coffee. And that's this. We're going to move to the mid-1600s real quick. And we have the Dutch to thank once again for the next big push forward in coffee history. Dutch colonists were the first to bring coffee to their little colony called New Amsterdam. Later, New Amsterdam got a name change, and it was called New York by the British. So next episode, I want to talk about how coffee became popular in the United States, how it moved from Europe and the Near East into South Central America and the Caribbean, and how we got the billion-dollar coffee industry that we have today. Thanks for listening to the Boise Coffee Podcast. Again, my name is Colin Mansfield. You can follow me on Twitter, at Boise Coffee. Uh, visit boisecoffee.org to listen to other episodes of the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes. That really helps me out. And if you want to talk more, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Tumblr, on WordPress, wherever you like to blog, write, or talk, I'll be there. Please listen to the next episode of Season 2, which is the History of Coffee Part 2. And I'm calling that the favorite drink of the civilized world. Have a great rest of your day.